This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. If it's funny on paper and if I'm able to chuckle, grin or laugh, then I know if it's a grin, by the time I shoot it, it'll become chuckle-worthy. And if it's chuckle-worthy on paper, by the time I shoot it, it'll become LOL. But if it's LOL on paper, by the time I shoot it, it'll be ROFL. So it's, mm. I, 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 always, I always treat my, from writing to execution in that, in that sort of context. What is common between the hilarious satirical comedy film Humble Politician Nagaraj featuring actor Danish Seth, YouTube sketches such as The Indian Goatee League, Bengaluru, Oscar-nominated film Lagan, The Improv, and Mechanical Engineering. It's my guest on today's episode of Jamsters, Saad Khan, who is a director, screenwriter, improv comedian, and the founder of First Action Studios. Great to have you on Jamsters, Saad, and thanks for doing this. Wonderful to be here too. Thank you so much, Hardik. It's uh, it's been a pleasure with all the stuff that you said about me. It's quite humbling. Thank you. So, firstly, many many congratulations on all the success of the recently launched uh, series Humble Politician Nagraj. Thank you very much. I think um, we owe all the success uh, for Humble Politician Nagraj to our audiences. They've been extremely, uh, for a lack of a better word, I, I would say, unwaveringly loyal towards the franchise, towards the character, towards the storytelling, towards everything. So um, definitely we wouldn't have come this far with uh, the character, with the story, with, uh, you know, the madness uh, without the audience. So uh, it's just been a it's just been a fabulous, I would say, fantastic, almost a fantastical uh, journey. Um, and, you know, the whole fantastical aspect comes from the fantasy of it all because it still feels like a dream. It's interesting to uh, understand the genesis, the origins of where actually this happened, because uh, it all was like a YouTube sketch, right? I think I think Danish was putting out his content interestingly, which people loved, and uh, the evolution of that becoming into a series must have been quite a quite a journey. Yes, absolutely. But uh, just to tweak uh, whatever you've said, not that there is any misinformation there, but it started off with, I think, um, the fact that uh, Danish is very good with voices and uh, he had this as a voice on radio as well. And then uh, that that kind of voice led into us uh, doing uh, videos. Uh, we, were the kind, we were kind of, I think, the first two people from Bangalore, uh, now Bengaluru, uh, mm -hmm. who went live on Facebook back in 2013. And, um, wow, when I, when I say 2013, it's almost like nine years ago, but you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and we went, um, live and I think the, um, I was, uh, I was playing a, j a journalist and he was playing Nagaraj. And at that point of time, we never really thought that we just did this whole uh, satire, political satire where this guy would never answer questions right. And we were talking about current, uh, scenarios and, you know, situations that were sort of being mm. around or, or rather plague, plaguing the society in that context. And we just uh, pu put a friendly, spin on it and uh, those uh, videos went viral and um, right at the back of that we got an opportunity of doing a bunch of other videos where there were more people who are joining the Nagaraj bandwagon and um, yeah. yeah I think one one thing led to another and I think we 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 were lucky to find producers and then we took the character and then we sort of created a world around it other characters secondary and tertiary and yeah that's uh it's it's been it's been quite a quite a journey of course but at the same time it's also been uh with just a lot of support that has come to us from a lot of people who understand this brand of comedy it's it's very important to also keep this at the back of our mind that uh, you know creative processes are so iterative in nature um there is not this one 
crazy idea that worked in our favor and it all of a sudden was a genius and it made it happen it's it's actually a lot of thinking lot of iterating lot of falling uh, figuring whether there is opportunity here there is a potential there and then probably content is created i think uh, in in a world that we live in right now uh, sad i think i think we were just talking about this uh, earlier as well that uh, content creation is 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 now such a massive thing i mean it's always been a thing but i think it's now packaged so beautifully uh, for everyone to be able to consume it better absolutely having said that a lot of a lot of interesting content creators out there are trying to uh, evolve a niche create a niche for themselves uh, what niche did you figure while uh, you were on this journey first of all i think this is a multi-layered question but Definitely, mm-hmm. um, for me, it's uh, always been from a writer-director standpoint. And you talked about the iterative process, right? I think creativity, um, or rather, anyone who's doing a, a, a creative project, um, has to know that it's collaborative. Um, even if someone does a one-man show, there's still going to be people who are going to be putting the stage together, putting lights together, putting design together. Um, and I am a very big believer of that. I don't think, yes, of course, we do drive, drive, uh, you know, uh, to the end of the, uh, to the other side with, uh, you know, the accolades in terms of uh, the credits. But there are numerous people who back us uh, in many, many ways. So I, I, that's one, that's one point. In terms of mm-hmm. the, in terms of the niche, uh, Hardik, I think. For me, it's always been as a writer director to explore different genres. Um, yes, uh, comedy has happened to me, and I've I'm kind of known to have directed the comedy film or the comedy series. But I've also made uh, my first uh, feature film was a was a film noir, was a crime thriller. Uh, my second was a drama on postpartum depression. My third was a humble politician novel. So uh, it's always been. Uh, a challenging aspect for me in terms of genres because I feel like the more uh, I I dig deep into the kind of the psyche uh, of uh, uh, creativity, for example, or just content creation, the more I feel like if I'm constantly challenging myself, if I'm constantly pushing myself to open other doors, then that would lead to a creation of content that even uh, that, that would even surprise people around me, and that's always been my uh, motivation, especially uh, in the art, in the art form that we are in. So for you, it's all about exploration and not particularly a genre per se, like comedy or thriller. It's just exploring boundaries. Exploration, evolving. I'm. I believe in those words. See, for for me, like I think E is right. The 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 um, the alphabet E plays a very important role in my life because I feel a lot of it is very definitive to the way I work. Entertainment, engagement, enlightenment, exploration, evolving. Uh, I, I think these these words are they 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 have a special place in in the way I in the way I function um, because I I I constantly believe that you can when you when you do a particular project and I'm sure you probably uh, have got this as well when you do your own uh, you know scope of work the moment you do one project say you do A and then you go to B B uh, mm. does not depend B's success does not depend on A is is of uh, fate. Right. Whatever, Absolutely. whatever A has, whatever A has done for itself, whether it's success or failure, B is an absolute different project. Right. And I always uh, focus on that. I never really look at any past accolade and move forward because I feel that really, um, I think that that demotivates a person to, to, ex- to experiment against the another E. Right. So there's so many E's that just, that are just floating around. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's always been like that for me. And I, and I, and I believe that, um, you know, the, I, I, I said this, 
a few minutes earlier about the collaboration of it. Um, all of these things can only come together with people around you and the kind of trust that they have in your vision. Um, and that, and for, I've been really fortunate that I've had the right people who have supported that uh, through the entire journey so far. So you also have another E to your hat, which is engineering. So let's talk about that. <laughs> yes. And uh, engineering to entertainment uh, has been quite a ride. But I want to go back to the days where um, you figured that these are the areas that you want to pursue. And particularly uh, in the Indian context that we are in, uh, media and entertainment is is um, generally, you know, thought of as, as unstable, uh, difficult, uh, messy careers. Um, how did you find path and the support system around that? Well, um, I've come from a lower middle class family, so it was always, uh, um, you know, I grew up really fast. Uh, if, if it, I mean, I know it sounds a little pompous, but it's not, the, I mean, I don't intend mm-hmm. for it to be like that. But I think I, I, I my first ever uh, job was when I was 16, um, you know, where I got paid for. Uh, so I started um, very early. I directed my first play um, on stage when I was 16, even though I had no mm-hmm. idea what theater, theatrical direction is. Uh, but I did. I just, uh, you know, had this really, I think, consuming ambition for the arts from very early age. And I just applied myself into it. And I, I think one of the primary reasons was I think I didn't get the role of Shylock when I was in ninth standard, uh, in my, mm-hmm. in my, in my, I didn't get the role and I really wanted to play Shylock and I knew I, I, w- I would be the best Shylock and someone else got it because I, w- I was also happened to be good in studies. I, w- I was in the top 10 ranks in the class and, um, and my teachers also felt that I should focus on academics. So I didn't get that part. Um, and once I didn't get that part, I was really, really, uh, you know, I was really depressed for for some time and you know it's that aspiration of a um, 15 14 year old right Hmm. and you know I knew that I so I, I went and made my own costume went for the audition but I didn't get the part and I was really really disappointed and then I made up my mind that once I finish my 10th standard 10th grade and go into college um, you know PUC as we call it P University College here uh, in, in Bangalore um, I just dived I just sort of really really got into the the entertainment aspect of it started uh, attending theater workshops and you know all of those uh, those two years that 11th and 12th for me um, and resulted in me um, getting into engineering but again continuing that passion because when I joined my engineering college there was no English theatre group in my first semester Mm -hmm. so I said okay I got a new I got a new job at high end or rather I got a new challenge that I'm going to start the English theatre group which I did which is still active uh, even though I've graduated many years ago it's still active and my name is still up there uh, on a a plaque in the at at the college that I studied in so that's a so Mm. I feel a lot of whatever I did was just um someone telling someone that hey listen you gotta you, you can't cross the road and I'm like no I want to cross the road <laughs> um, so being a rebel completely and I, I also wasn't a rebel in the sense that you know this whole Arjun Reddy and you know wanting to like you know with a lot of different uh, isms that that are not that were not at that point you know well hmm. received I was not that guy I was a charming rebel so to speak like I want to do it and I, I would have a lot of people my mom yelling at me my dad being like why is your mom yelling but I would just continue hmm. doing it without responding and because they didn't respond, they probably would have, they said it for like maybe a month, two months. And then the third month, it just stopped automatically. Hmm. But was it also the fact that maybe it's, um, how to put it this way? So maybe it was also more because you were far early in the process, much younger. So the stakes were far lesser. Absolutely. The stakes were far lesser and I didn't, uh, I wasn't afraid to fail. 
I wasn't afraid to uh, take that particular risk because I didn't I didn't know better. I mean, I was 17. I think I remember my first big theatrical production where I got sponsors and producers. I was 19 years old and I uh, I had these four shows in an auditorium which was a 1000 seat auditorium and at that point my biggest I would say worry as a teenager was how do I get 4000 people on a weekend uh Thursday mm. Friday Saturday Sunday and I'm and I'm 19 and I'm doing my fourth semester of engineering how do I get 4000 people in 3 months for a play and uh, I just kept pushing myself and I think I uh, I was lucky enough at that age to also uh because i got into theater and you know coming from you know engineering you don't really get a lot of time to be creative or um, for that matter even explore but then i um, because i started doing theater very early i, I used to read quite a lot and i uh, constantly improved my communication back in the day so i would market myself i would market my plays myself and that really became uh, an important avenue for me later on in life as well i used all those experiences so i i went very early in my life and my career uh, so to speak to get producers i think the first time i went out there to pitch a play to get producers when was when i was 18 years old 17 or 18 mm-hmm. you know uh, and that really really and and no idea of entrepreneurship no idea of business no idea of you know consumer target demographic none of those words even were there in scraped on top of my head it was mm-hmm. just um, it was just this is the target these are the number of seats i need to sell this is the amount of money that i need to pay um, uh, you know have for my set design and this is the amount of money that i have and this is how i'm going to raise the money which is through ticket sales it was it was pretty much you know a is equal to b at that point interesting yeah so i think uh, what i'm also thinking about out loud is that uh, in a place where generally we consider more tech and startups uh, you are talking about building creative pursuits films which is bengaluru um how did and why did you choose bengaluru was it more of a default option because your parents were there or uh, you really found an opportunity like i'm curious to know what is the reason bengaluru is the place of creating uh, media stories there one word alone weather <laughs> um, i i can't i can't as a person handle humidity at all like i have had a i have had fights uh, with the sun in my head um and i'm i i really cannot stand humidity so for me i think bengaluru was always i think especially growing up uh, in the late 90s and the early 2000 you know the sort of turn of the millennium uh, we we still had a lot of the green belt still at that point so the bangalore throughout the year we never really saw you know we never really saw a scorching summer uh, and that was just one of the the, the best things about you know I, and I, i i and i say this out loud every time that i i'm i'm here in bengaluru even now doing all the stuff whether it's in bombay or hyderabad by staying in bengaluru because of the weather and i don't think i will change and i know a lot of people um would roll their eyes but i mean i just it's it's <laughs> it, it's like he's not leaving because of the weather i mean what's like what's wrong with him like is he like has he has he even traveled and you know to all those people who are rolling their eyes yes i have traveled <laughs> man all i can say right now is that that's a really rich view of thinking that's that's a very um uh prestige view of thinking that i think the weather is the only challenge not opportunities not access to people uh, and and stuff i mean i thought of it this question to be so deep and you made it all about weather man <laughs> yeah because you know i i mean i feel like all the other things that you know opportunities people uh, interactions it's all look at it this way right 15 years ago when i did start there was no internet there was no we never had 4g 3g none of that right 
but um you know still um there was i remember going to thespo uh, in bombay and performing by being a bangalore the- the- theater team from bangalore when i was in my third year engineering and all of that did happen uh, and um, it was it was actually better in that sense because when we performed in thespo when and we were another uh, we were a theater team from another city we automatically got that many more eyeballs to be interested in us Mm-hmm. And I, I always, and I always feel that, right? I always feel that if you are not a part of the bigger ocean, so to speak, but if you make a splash in that ocean by by starting off, um, you know, and by being a small fish, maybe at the periphery, but then you know, were sort of you know wielding your way, uh, people will notice. And I always believe that, um, you know, you can always be the, you know big fish in a small pond and you can still do well um and for me primarily um, at that time when all of these activities were happening i never really uh, planned you know uh, when i say plan and never you know you know that question that you get when you go for interviews right what's your mm. what do you, how do how do you see yourself in 5 years or 10 years um i how do i see myself at the end of the day is a question that i always ask myself or the end of the week uh, at best um do, do i see myself fulfill fulfilling all my tasks for the day and i do i even do that even now and it really gives me a lot of pleasure because in the day i'm so occupied with so many script readings and different projects and that's why i'm able to always multitask quite a bit because i i go day to day and i make sure that whatever i've set for those those nine ten things to do in that day i make sure that i finish it whatever happens interesting so all the films the content that you create with the sketches uh, a large part of it is written by you is that right yes so writing is a skill which which i'm 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 curious to understand is uh, something that runs so deeply with you so uh, is there is there a process to your your madness uh, creating structure uh, writing stories picking angles uh, things that might engage with the audience what's your writing process like again very uh, and, and this i'm not going to give you a, like a weather type answer for this i'm going to give you a more elaborate one so that you don't feel like, and, and the people and the people listening also <laughs> don't feel like are this guy is just short changing us but but the thing is uh, i um, i i went to film school and one of the things that i learned in film school and i uh, this was attributed to one of my teachers at that point in my first semester um and i was the only indian in my in my in my course and i did a two years mfa master of fine arts degree and in my first semester when i was um, there uh, in in my in my screenwriting one uh, class um, a, a professor told me this and kind of stayed with me that when you are reading something as a viewer forget about you being a writer when you're reading something as a viewer the moment any viewer understands what you have written and has any sort of emotion attached to that understanding based on what you've written your 80% of your job is done the more you complicate your writing the more you alienate the person in front of you uh, whoever it is and i for me that really stayed um you know and i always um, you know i never really had a formal creative writing training when i was uh, when i started writing plays i was a mm-hmm. guy who read a lot of plays when i was 17 18 and i didn't want to do the sakaram binder i didn't want to do that of a salesman i didn't want to do vijay tendulkar play because it didn't connect with me i couldn't relate to it so what did i do i had a bunch of heartbreaks when i was at that age and when i was 20 i i wrote a play called let's talk about love mm which was based on my own experiences and my friends experiences of relationships at that time 
and uh, that adage that people say write what you know i think holds holds a lot of weight writing what you know really really helps you define uh, the kind of direction that you want to take of course as you grow older experiences also have to be taken in i and i'm a big believer that my writing process other than the uh, i watch a lot of content i remember when i joined film school as a 23 year old my biggest uh, learning was that i had come there as this boy from bangalore who had done a bunch of plays and whose movie references were ddlj and kuch kuch hota hai and raja babu and kuli number no. 1 <laughs> i had not even watched god i had not even watched godfather i had not even watched shawshank redemption so when i reached film school uh based on the plays that i had done and one or two short films uh i was thrown into a place with 20 other students and all of them had watched scarface and i i thought scarface was something that they were just making up on the fly and that's when i completely i was i really sort of i literally uh, wanted to hide somewhere and you know just be hidden there for a while and that became a new challenge for me again and i started watching two to three films a day and i did that for a year and that became a part of my uh, watching process so even today um every week i make sure that i watch at least three to four films and i make sure that at least in a month i watch one web series um it's almost like a doctor's process right you need to be you need to know what's the new medicine out there you need to know what the you know lab, labs are approving and so on so the same thing applies to me for that so i watch a lot of content i read a lot and i observe a lot um and i i think all these three things help me in my writing process uh, so whether i when i go to government office i observe everything that's happening around me and i did that a lot for humble so i feel the fourth thing other than observing is research we do you do mm. online research and when i do online research i don't just do surface oriented research i do a very deep research where i'm going through multiple multiple different web pages where i'm i'm going through different newspapers articles that have been written so i do a lot of that and i feel by um, you know when you when you put yourself in that space as a writer to completely completely arm yourself with knowledge then at some point or the other that particular knowledge piece will help you and that's always happened so sometimes when i'm writing a particular episode say for example humble and i'm in the sixth episode sixth episode and i've been working on it say for a couple of months and the episodic web series format is for you to write beats which is independent pointers that will help you uh, to put your episode structure together and then suddenly i'm in the sixth episode and then i would have probably done something 2 3 years ago where i would have probably met someone or that person said something to me and that kind of stayed with me or uh, it's there in my inbox as notes uh, and i make a lot of these small posted kind of notes um those really help me then um you know come out of my creative block because every writer has a creative block of course um so that is pretty much my overall process and i think as i'm moving forward in writing new content or new genres and attempting i make sure that i am constantly looking for new things to learn because that really really you know enhances uh, the 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 form and structure that your work can take Hmm I definitely want to unpack about uh, humble politician nagraj uh, but before that um, I have I have this personal interest question so I've observed that a lot of people are well versed and adept at writing non fiction content uh, and when i mean non fiction it would be let's say even simple basic really good linkedin posts as well and they might be really good at what they do um can or is there a way that you recommend someone uh, or is it possible for that matter uh, for people to switch gears and let's say do some creative writing fiction or comedy writing for that matter of course of course um, i mean i think a lot of you know a lot of times it happens right when you are in a group of friends and they you have that one funny friend 
right? And that one funny friend would crack some sarcastic jokes, would, you know, pull another person's leg and so on. And then everyone say, hey, man, you should write. And then when that person starts to put pen to paper, it just doesn't work. A lot of writing is um, unwavering concentration, sheer focus. Uh, and a lot of writers suffer from that where they start something and they'll probably write like one page and then by the time they finish a 70, 80 page draft, it's like three years. I, I, I have a different approach there. I believe that you should write and finish as soon as you can and do mm-hmm. not think how your draft is going to be. So if there is a person who is from a say corporate background or someone who's from a formal background who has who's really good with grammar who's really good with intonations who's really good with you know just enunciations and everything that you need or very good with just prose right in terms of writing but they don't they have not yes of course one is uh, i'm a big believer of taking a course because i've i've studied as well um take a course and today there are so many online courses that you can take take a course and then start applying what you've studied in the course immediately without wasting time start applying and um, do not do not uh, do not stop because in your mind you've written one page and you don't like it no that's not the way to go it's not about you liking it you liking it of course yes that is going to be there but it's not the only criteria you got to first make sure that you finish and that finishing skill once you've finished one draft then you can go back because then there's a lot of permutations and combinations editing so on and so forth uh, and a lot of times i've also seen the young writers when they're really particular about not sharing the work with many people they only want to share it with people who they feel they if they're not going to they're not going to completely trash their work that's wrong i give people my scripts and i'm very open to feedback only because i feel like the more the feedback the better especially when it comes to uh, to writing um and considering today's content if you watch the only content pieces that are surviving in the market are pieces that are good that are written well that are mm. that are fresh that are original that are not your usual you know point a to point b journeys but suddenly something happens between point a and point b and people like that uh, so um anyone who is um good at non-fiction but wants to move to fiction taking a course is a great strategy uh, observing a lot of suppose they want to write they've never written say anything about a police station for example and the and the story is following a cop then there because it's it's following something that's authentic and that's something that's real in our in our in our in our public space then that person the writer has to then go and research and see what what are the different hierarchies that exist in the police in the police force what hap- what is the regular nature of a person who is a sub inspector uh, and, and and a sub inspector is different from an inspector for example right that th- those hierarchies mm. those understanding of those different interactions how would a sub inspector address a constable what is a trainee constable in a particular police station why does this police station have these many cases and another police station has less and i think all of these stem from that one beautiful word which is questions the more questions you ask as a writer the more a uh, scope for you to build from answers that will then give you more direction in your in your story wonderful i'm thinking of um, this example that you mentioned about or rather this point about you know the the kind of content that is surviving is good stories uh, good storytelling for that matter i'm thinking about uh, bhuvan bams uh, recent uh, dindora series did you did you catch that yeah, yeah of course of course to me personally i really loved how these multiple characters came together people loved it and that too for free on youtube on a channel i mean he could have easily sold it uh, and this is something that i i really uh, admire about uh, youtube as a platform or just content generation is a platform that uh, the the entry barriers to creating a content is so low right now i think one of the things that you need to probably do is and i'm sure you will 
have definite insight on this is that just the ability to persevere and like you were so committed to your craft i think these guys were just so committed that they did not see possibly a route but it eventually happened absolutely and i that's that it all boils down to writing look at it uh, from a perspective of all the age old content that we've loved it's not that you've only loved a particular movie because the acting was great you've loved a particular movie and it stays with you because it starts off with the story being great and because the story is great the screenplay is great and because the screenplay is great the people who are cast to say those words were great um and that's why it all comes together um, um you know still today in in a movie like titanic why do you remember the the particular piece where a bunch of uh, violinists were playing there and they still continue to play and they play that piece even though the the ship the ship is sinking why do you remember that because that's not only performance that starts off with what's put on paper right from a writer and um, i remember uh, you know yeah, now yeah. that i'm mentioning this these pivotal points uh, there was this one um, event that i had attended in delhi um it was the coalition and there uh, arunap arunap kumar uh, the founder of tvf uh, was on the panel and he mentioned something very interesting that i'm i'm paraphrasing this uh, is that i think the the heroes in the future will be the writers that's yeah. the thing to focus on so become a great writer Absolutely and that that so I I work with a bunch of writers even in first action we have uh, in-house writers and um, one of the things that I love doing with them is brainstorming sessions those are the most important those are the highlights of my week you know highlights of my days in the week is uh, spending time with the writers in brainstorm sessions and I am obviously creating some shows and at the same time you know I can't be directing all and I can't be creating all so the um, there is a, there is a shift in the way there's a there's a thought process now that the better the writers that you have in your organization especially in the media especially in the web series film market the the better it is for you because um there the written word is is what is going to be the first thing that even a producer will hear uh, uh, and whether it's a producer whether it's an ott platform that's the first thing right when i'm doing a pitch with an ott platform they're not um, um you know listening to my pitch because i already have a name of a star attached they listen to my pitch based on the idea and the idea has to be strong the idea has to be has to be um something where uh when you when when i when i say the idea out loud um they are able to visualize it the way i'm saying it so that they can then visualize okay in this particular role or what this protagonist that you're talking about we can see this person in this antagonist the way you're mentioning this antagonist is desire or this antagonist is motive or the antagonist is objective i can imagine this person all of these conversations only come later what is it what what the first thing that you that you initially uh, any producer or any person um, you know takes to greenlight a project is the written word um so absolutely the the writers are the heroes and i always believe that especially in co- in the comedy content that i have done i feel mm-hmm. the reason why people have loved it is because not because it's been only delivered very well yes that is an that is an add on right it's like this if you if you don't if you've not trained if you've not done proper training on the training ground when you're playing football you cannot when you go on when you go on the match when you go and play on the field with with the opponent if you've not had enough training you're not going to succeed if and that's what it is the the writing is that that essential training that if your if your script is not you know um it doesn't read out of the pages i always say this in co- terms of comedy uh, some some writers um you know they write a particular scene and they be like no no but this will be really funny when when we shoot it and i always turn around and say no but can it be funny on paper first hmm if it's funny on paper and if i'm able to chuckle grin or laugh 
then I know if it's a grin, by the time I shoot it, it'll become chuckle-worthy. And if it's chuckle-worthy on paper, by the time I shoot it, it'll become LOL. But if it's LOL on paper, by the time I shoot it, it'll be ROFL. So it's, mm. I, 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 always, I always treat my, from writing to execution in that, in that sort of context. I uh, love that viewpoint, love that viewpoint. So uh, with Humble Politician Nokraj, uh, Danish is an incredible, incredible performer. Um, I think he just exudes that kind of vibe that, you know, makes people connect with him. Um, but, I, but I'm guessing now that he mentioned also there is this power writing also behind uh, this fantastic uh, series and earlier the film. Um, I'm curious to know how did uh, the economics of this film actually come about? How did this film actually come to life? Uh, you're talking about the recent web series, right? Or yeah, you're talking about yeah. the feature and film, the, if, uh, the 2018 film. So the film. feature film, the 2018 feature film, because that was the genesis, that was the start uh, of the character. I'd love to know uh, how did that actually come about? That again came about because we um, had already built the, um, uh, the brand with the live videos, right? For the long time. We did, I think, one and a half years of live videos. And I think by that time, the live videos were clocking some really good numbers. And uh, we um, just got together and we said, hey, let's write. I think it's time for Nagraj to become a story and a, and a script and with other characters. And we wrote the screenplay. We both wrote the story together. And that took about a month. We jammed and we came up with a lot of... And I since I did my film school education, I... I knew what the structure is to write a screenplay. So once the story was devised with him, I went and wrote the screenplay for the movie. And once we had the screenplay, um, Danish just uh, took a picture of the the first page, which was Humble Politician Nagraj written by our names. And he just put it up on his Instagram or in, on his Facebook in 2016 or 2017, 2017, I think, saying that, hey, we're look, uh, looking for a producer. And by that mm-hmm. time, he was, that, that by that time, he was already doing uh, good numbers because of his, uh, you know, radio as well as his online journey. Mm. And mm. Um, the moment we put up that post, I think um, exactly that same day, um, he got a DM from our primary producer, Pushkar, uh, who produced the movie saying, hey, I'm interested. And Pushkar had made a movie in Canada called Godi, ba- Godi Banna Sadharna Maikatu. He had made that film and that film was quite a popular, it was a hit with had Rakshit Shetty in the lead. So he uh, met us and we met at this um, kind of a, uh, hookah, hookah place, which also served, served <laughs> great coffee. And Danis and I met him and uh, we, he came with another friend of his who's also a director. And we had not uh, seen Godi Banna um, and we were very, you know, honestly admitted of that. And we said we haven't and um, he was okay with it. And he came and he was very excited. He said, I'm, I'm, uh, and I, we said, okay, we have an 85 page screenplay. Would you, let's do a reading. And we t- took him through the narrative, the story. He enjoyed, he laughed, he liked it. And then we um, cut to two days later, we're doing a narration with him of the screenplay. And he uh, got the director of Godi Banna with him because he wanted it to, the, the Hemant, whose name is Hemant, Hemant ended up also being one of the writers on Antadhun. Uh, eventually from Bangalore as well. So Hemant and uh, Pushkar then came and uh, we met them. And um, yeah, I mean, we came, we went uh, to a hotel this time and not a hookah place. And um, mm-hmm. there um, Pushkar gave us a thousand rupee note before demonetization. <laughs> <laughs> which I still have somewhere. I'm pretty sure that I still have that note. And uh, that was the start. That was the start in 20, um, uh, in 2016. Yes, not 2017. 2016, October is when we started. And uh, the whole of 2017, we sh- shot and edited. In 2018, Jan, we released the movie. Uh, and once we released the movie, the movie obviously, you know, it, it did really well. And it became the first Karna film to come on Amazon Prime. It hmm. ran in theaters for 45 days. All of those beautiful things happened. And right at the back of that, a couple of months later, Danish was in Bombay. And 
and um, Samir Nair sir um, who is the head of applause um, who is also responsible for Kamaneka Karolpati and so many other things uh, mm-hmm. you know he mm-hmm. he uh, met uh, Danish and he said hey I saw your film and you know I liked it and uh, wanted to come to off the office and meet and Danish called me and he's and I was I was like I was bewildered I was like wow I can't believe this is happening and then again cut to we were sitting with Samina sir in the applause office in Bombay um right at the back of my conversation with Danish and we sat in front of him and um, Samir sir said hey so I think it's time for you guys to take it to the next level and right now this was 20 um this was again in 20 uh, this was had this happened in 2018 the meeting late in 2018 but at that time the the process of web series had started with sacred games and other other projects so they, he suggested that instead of doing it as a as a you know movie for a sequel would you want to do it uh, as a uh, as a web series and we said yeah Wow. So I'm curious to know that in this in this process when you and this is I, I guess would be relevant to all the content creators or filmmakers out there uh, who harbor the ambition of actually making a film a real life project um, is that how much of this as a writer as a creative do you also have the angle of business the commercials also running in your head? All the time, uh, Hardik, because I feel this is, uh, it's it's also very, um, it's also very much within my sort of skin and bone from the longest time, you know, since I've started doing theater so early, I used to produce my own plays. When I say produce, I used to get sponsorship for my own plays and I used to get producers. So it's been something that I've um, been working for the longest time. In fact, um, in 2018, after the success of Humble is when uh, with my brother Mars, uh, we, you know, formulated first action as well uh, and got uh, primary investment into the company and uh it it's always important for any creative person to understand um and i'm not saying that it's a must right i'm not saying that you know you forget your artistic prowess and just focus on the business aspect of it but i think it's very important for a writer to know that if you're writing a particular movie and if it's a first movie for yourself and it's an independent project it's it's okay to not write a helicopter in your in your first draft Right, you can you can still figure out a creative way to show your your protagonist jumping off a terrace. It doesn't have to have a him slinging past a helicopter and you know doing a diehard move just because your favorite film is diehard. You know you can always be creative, and I think one of the primary I feel uh, I would say um, you know people who pushed this idea was Tarantino. Right, he showed what it is, what you can do with like a low budget. When people were mm. making films in millions and billions of dollars, he ended up making a film within a million dollars, where everyone else uh, was. And you know, an independent today's independent film in the U.S. When you say they say, "Oh, I've made an independent film for five hundred thousand dollars," five hundred thousand dollars is a, a three and a half, three point eight crores. In three point eight crores, you can make three independent films here. Or maybe four if you plan it right. Uh, and I, I always believe in that. Like even for Humble One, we produced it on the ground. First Action produced it on the ground. And Mars and I, uh, Mars was doing all the executive producer work. And I remember at all times when we used to do our breakdowns, we used to, we used to figure out, okay, uh, can we talk to this friend to get this location? Can we talk to this friend and maybe get their bar and let them and give them like a credit? And you know, those those things, especially in the beginning, in the beginning journey really works. And a lot of people are doing independent projects. But the thing is, how lucky are you to make your independent project stand out so it gets a release um, I remember when my first feature film was released by PVR Directors Rare in 2014 Station I remember mm-hmm. we, I started working on Station in 2012 and it took about almost two years for it to come in the theatres and I was lucky for it to come in the theatres because I had a I had a really uh, you know I had a really really um, strong minded Bengali Babu who was my producer 
हु सेड नहीं हम नहीं छोड़ेगा हम करके रहेगा हम इसको रिलीज करवा के रहेगा एंड आई वॉज अमेजिंग बिकॉज आई फाइनली फाउंड अ गाय हु वॉज लाइक मी एंड ओनली डिफरेंस वॉज यू नो आई मीन आई हैव द लिल बिट ऑफ द साउथ इंडियन ट्वैग एंड ही हैज द बंगाली ट्वैग दैट वॉज ओनली डिफरेंस एट दैट पॉइंट एंड ही वॉज रिलेंटलेस एंड वेन दैट फिल्म केम आउट वी समन टोल्ड अस इन बॉम्बे आई रिमेंबर दैट द डे स्टे दैट वीक दैट स्टेशन रिलीज दे वर अबाउट हंड्रेड एंड फिफ्टी फिल्म दे वर स्टिल इन द कैन एंड ही सेट दैट यूर लकी दैट योर फिल्म इज नॉट ऑन द कैन एंड इट्स को नैचुरली बी इन द थिएटर्स वाओ एंड अ लॉट ऑफ इट राइट हार्दिक एंड आई बिलीव दिस अ लॉट आई बिलीव दैट luck meets opportunity all the time right it's about the luck meeting if your luck meets opportunity and if it's all aligned then it happens i know so many people who really work hard who are skilled who are talented but if it's not meant to be and i and i don't mean to sound um, how do i say uh, um, the, the, you know i don't mean to um, undermine the fact that you know talent and hard work are, are very important of course they're important but i think if luck is not aligned with that talent and hard work um kitna bhi haath pair maro na nahi ho sakta and i believe in that like i've seen people who just you know i mean you, you i can wake up one morning and um, something can happen to my voice then what do you do so everything just changes and i believe in that a lot and i think that's that's a very important point i think um, now that i'm thinking about it out loud and you mentioned that you were lucky that the film didn't get canned um i did see the light of the day uh, a lot of you know actors and and the whole ecosystem the directors put in so much effort in uh, either releasing a tv show or actually a film um and i'm talking particularly view from the viewpoint of actors uh, sath please help unpack that a little bit more is that uh, it must be really damaging right when you go through the number of auditions uh try your hand at multiple multiple roles and then you realize that your part has either been cut out or uh, you were not casted in it uh, and i know that i'm talking to someone who actually has that decision i'm talking to you when you actually take that call how how difficult is it for actors to come back from this any advice uh, what what would be a thought around managing this space in particular Okay so there there's a perspective to this right i and i believe that if something is not difficult then when you do achieve it it's not worth it it has to be difficult there is a reason why um, you end up being in a particular space because uh, mr bansali goes through all the madness for 4 5 years to get those perfect frames and then it shows so it, it takes mm-hmm. a lot of time and i feel younger actors younger people who are getting into the industry if you're 21 22 and if you want to uh, put put yourself a timeline saying nahi main ek saal mein actor banunga nahi to main chhod dunga it doesn't work like that i feel um it's it's a persistent craft you got to be persistent and you got to be persistent um with with a sense of uh i would say uh, not giving up and that not giving up that resilience and that persistence mixed together is a is a deadly combination um i i think anyone who i know who has succeeded is extremely persistent and extremely res- resilient if these two things are not with you then yes it's okay to back off and say okay you know what i'm going to end up um, getting an it job or whatever and then i know someone i know a writer who's really talented but because there was not the freelancing was not giving him enough uh, money he ended up choosing to go back to his day job and then he would take up occasional gigs and i've seen there are many people who do that as well but um in my, when i was uh, studying um you know uh, to be a film director a lot of people ask me that how are you going to do it it's not going to be lucrative and i knew it wasn't lucrative for the longest time uh, we got lucky with our genes that we still look young 
but we have spent a lot of time and it's taken us many many years it's taken i'm sure it's the and the, and, and the the fact and and the thing is that people from the other side um who are watching they don't think that it has but i know that there is a grind to it like anyone i have um, one or two creative associates who work with me who are you know who work with me full time and um when they do interviews with me uh, they are i think 21 22 fresh out of film school and uh, i do a lot of interviews and the moment any upcoming 21 22 23 year old writer director asks me on an interview uh, or asks my team and i ask my team to tell me if they ask me uh, is it monday to saturday or monday to friday i will they will never work with me because mm. uh, this is uh, and and i know um, you know you might turn around and put it on linkedin that no there has to be a lower life balance yeah but mm-hmm. um, i i personally believe that if there was work life balance then then you should not aim for success because success is not defined with work life balance success or anything that you do ha- which has to have some sort of a, a eventual eventual sort of a, you know place where other people turn around and say oh my god that's aspirational will take a lot more than a month to Saturday job a lot more it's interesting you mentioned uh, this point a little while back about perseverance and not giving up uh, I, this I think sometime back when someone told me that um, I think this was a very particular context I just want our listeners to be very aware that I'm talking about a very very particular context here is that uh, he mentioned that many of the people that we see on television or in films are or may not be always the most talented but they were definitely the ones who were most perseverant about the things that they did and that actually now sort of makes sense when you mentioned this context that uh yes one thing i definitely understand is is not to give up uh, and to be completely at your craft do you also think that on on the other end uh, you i'm sure must have heard stories where people have had personal responsibilities uh, and which are which are real in nature towards families but they also have this dire need to pursue the craft as well would there be some advice for those people Of course and I think uh, for them it will be a little bit of a longer road but eventually if uh, all of these things are aligned right talent skill perseverance uh, you know resilience if all of these are aligned then of course you will find uh, you know your light at the end of the tunnel I think one of the things that I for me many many years ago I I think I saw it in an interview with Mr Shahrukh Khan and he mentioned something that that stayed with me was that I might not be the most talented person in the room but I'm going to be the most hard working person in the room uh, and um eventually uh i believe this because i i do that too i mean i i i'm everyone who knows me very well they always have this very big problem with me that sad they're always working and um and i and i agree with that i am i always am because i feel that if at any point i lose my focus uh, then my ambition uh, will slack and um uh, i always i also believe in like i i said to you earlier in the in this conversation right that uh, your success of a is not going to define how you treat b as a project that is always something that is going to be relevant for me uh, so uh, for people who are trying to balance it out uh, it is going to be a little bit of a longer uh, road for them but having said that if you really want to make it and if you have a certain timeline associated with it it's going to be very difficult for you to balance it out and i've seen this with a lot of people when you try to do two three things at a time it's very difficult there was a time where i was doing improv comedy shows live where i was also doing i was directing i was you know writing at one point i had to step back and say okay you know i'm not going to do this live sh- two two live shows in this month because i need to focus mm-hmm. at writing and finish this couple of episodes or finish this film and i have done that so you have to have a conscious decision that you need to take a conscious decision and and do the things that really do matter um and i know this because today's day jobs also suck up a lot of time and energy 
Hmm. And um, it starts and it just becomes procrastination. You might say, okay, I'm going to work Monday to Friday, work my ass off. And, you know, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to sit and write my script. But then Monday to Friday, you work like you work so hard that Saturday, all you want to do is sleep. And Sunday, all you want to do is watch Squid Game. So then hmm. what do you do? Right. So, yeah, and, and I've seen that. And then procrastination, one procrastination sets in, then there's no telling how much time it's going to take. Because I've, I've, I've seen people who have reached out to me with a script idea and they've said, we'll come back to you with a few months and then they will reach out to me one year later on an email and they still haven't finished it. And they'll say, are you interested? And I want to now quit everything and only focus on this. Um, so, uh, you know, and then there is no set path in this, uh, Hardik. There's no set way. I, um, I'm very unconventional. I mean, whatever I have um, luckily achieved in my career so far has been very unconventional. I mean, I... I live in Bengaluru to start off. I have I have not visited a single A list party in my life. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, not even a single one. No, I haven't. Um, okay, and that is too. I've I've not. Um, I'm not friends with any major stars. Uh, I work with them, uh, but I'm not friends with them. I'm not like, hey man, let's catch up for like a drink and let's like you know, sit and talk about like you know what's happening in China, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? So, <laughs> yeah, you know, just some random, just some random, you know, crap. Uh, so I, I'm not that guy. I, I'm, um, you know, I, I, I'm very, very. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Um, I'm, I just, I, I love working. I love watching. I love reading. I, I love observing. I love doing some improv rehearsals whenever I get a chance. So you know, it's a very, uh, how do I say? It's a very different kind of a lifestyle in Bangalore. It's not your, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you're a director, you say, hey, you call other directors and you hang out. Like other actors want to hang out with other actors mm -hmm. to find out auditions mm -hmm. about auditions. I've never done that. I've always kept horse blinds. Uh, if someone doesn't like my work, I, I don't ask them why they don't. <laughs> if someone likes wow, my work, okay. I say thank you and move forward. Um, it's not that I don't like feedback or I don't want feedback. I just I just uh, want to keep it like, you know, just keep it normal and just move, keep moving forward from one to the next. It's interesting you mentioned this because uh, you've, you've probably shattered a few myths there, uh, perceptions around uh, how people should be uh, in the space of either constantly meeting people, connecting, parting and things of that nature. And yet here you are talking about someone who's deep in the space and yet not doing all of this. So are you, are you more like more of a inward solitary, uh, not even, no, no, I'm not at all an introvert. You know, I'm actually, that's a, that's not a, introvert, a like more inward yeah. thinking is what uh, I mean to say. Uh, inward thinking. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. More, I, I like, I think it's the Ricky Gervais effect, right? <laughs> Whatever you do, you're going to die <laughs> in the end of it. <laughs> okay. Right. I know it sounds very depressing and, uh, you know, uh, remorseful, but it's the truth. Like, I mean, kitne logo ne kitna ukhada hai. Like, kya, kya kar sake at the end of the day, right? I, I I'm sorry, but I do. I believe in that. And I, and I think that's why I'm able to take anything that happens in a very light way. In. If it's success, okay, great. If it's failure, okay, what's next? Um, because I feel it, it helps you also be objective. It, it, it helps you also not think of yourself in a way that, you know, other people might think that you're not approachable because that's another thing, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're, I believe that you're doing a job. My job is of a writer and director. I'm, I might be the founder of my company. And again, that's a job because now I have a, a, a first action is a part of Rainshine, which is a bigger, it's a, it's a bigger media conglomerate in Bombay. And there are, mm. there are people that I need to talk to uh, on sales review on a month on month basis because they gave me an, another round of funding uh, in 2019. Uh, so 
I am talking to them and they are, you know, helping with operations, helping with new people that they want to work with, new writers and, you know, new influx of new shows. So for me, what is exciting on a day-to-day basis is that, oh, there are so many different shows happening and so many things that I have, I'm lucky to have my name attached uh, to. Um, sitting in Bangalore, I ended up writing a Hindi show uh, last year. Uh, right or um, last year Ankayan Suni which is a horror thriller which came out and I and all of that happened after the first wave uh, the entire Hotstar project happened with me sitting in Bangalore with another writer and two other writers from Bombay that's how we wrote the Hotstar project uh, on Zoom calls um, all 20 episodes of that season um, and, wow. I, and I and I think it it is just I, 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 I feel it's a job if someone's given a job as a as a coder to write the code they are writing the code and then once the code is a success and once they make the software or whatever it goes whatever platform it does go on that person's job for that coding bit is done and then they move to another one Uh, so for me i i look at it like that i look at it completely in that in that sort of way that helps you detach from the result right i think that's that's one of the things that uh, is so important particularly in creative pursuits because you attach yourself to the project to the voiceover to the film to the act to the performance um and it's our happiness or sadness is dependent on the end output of it do you also same sort of think of that in the same vein as well absolutely um absolutely 100 because my first feature film um when it came out and when we made that at a shoestring budget uh you know under um around you know uh, which was not even in in, in crows as to speak the regular independent films as well and when we made station and when that when it came out through pvr directors red and it released in in uh, six cities in the country and when i went out there and i like like a promoted in, in crazy ways i don't know if you remember if you if you ever watched this video of uh, which kind of went viral at that time was i um the trailer of station was being played um right after queen um, hmm. uh, you know, Queen was playing in the theaters and, uh, my, 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 luckily because Queen was going to pack house, uh, you know, uh, house full shows at that time, station trailer was playing before Queen because it was releasing through PVR. And I remember going to all the theaters in Bangalore, all the PVRs in Bangalore, and I would get 20 seconds uh, after my trailer would would, have, would finish playing and go to the next uh, uh, slide, uh, which is the uh, smoking, uh, you know, the smoking uh, disclaimer slide. I would mm-hmm. get about 15 seconds. So I would go in front of the auditorium, in front of the auditorium where people were already sitting down and without a mic, just shout out really long that the trailer that you just watched is my film. I'm the director, all newcomers. It doesn't have Sunny Leone. Please watch it and please help please help this independent film nice and i did that and i did that for about 10 days uh, and covered all the pvrs across bangalore uh, and uh, pvrs in delhi and i did this in the pvr in bombay as well Uh, and once i remember once i did this and uh, i remember going to watch humble the movie when it came out and humble was already a success and i would love going to the theater uh, and just stand in the side and uh, because I'd lost all objectivity because I was with the film for so long, I would just like to hear the mm. audience laughing uh, because mm. I, I wanted to see what what places they're laughing at. So I would go in the side and stand. And I remember one particular person was going back in the interval into the into, to get a seat. And he just looked at me, he said, listen, Saad, uh, can I take a picture or whatever? And then he just said, hey, are you the same guy who also kind of made a film and, uh, you know, came in the theater and sort of talked after the trailer? And I was mm. like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And and, and I was like, yeah, that was me. I said, yeah, wow, man. And, and, and for me, that is a wow moment, right? Like we, this is the things that you live for, literally live for. Yes, movie, movie, comedy, I feel those really define you to know that, okay, 
okay this was a moment great what next love it love it so with the uh, with your other which is which is i think a major major part of work you do is improv as well uh, and uh, it's it's something that i've always come to realize and i, and I dabbled with it uh, for you know just a few sessions and i absolutely love with it uh is that it's it's something which anyone can pick up right it's not your stand up comedy which requires definitely a lot of thought process thinking structuring of jokes and the lines and all of that nature and, and i'm sure there is definitely to that uh, to improv too but but i genuinely felt that i do not think of myself as particularly someone who can do stand up comedy but yeah like like i enjoyed the times when i had those interesting liners that actually cracked up the audience and uh, i loved it it was a great high yeah improv comedy uh, on stage to perform it is of course it just gives you it it elevates you to a whole different level but i also kind of uh, disagree a little bit with you on the sense that um you know it, it's very very difficult to be able to be to be an, a good improv comedian it's very difficult because i think the three tenets of improv uh, the first being listening the second being make, making your co-actor look good and the third and the third being saying yes and i think these three are the most difficult things to do as regular human beings as well true right? true so and then in improv you're in front doing and you're trying to make sure that these three tenets are taken care of while you're performing while you have to being while you have to be funny um how difficult it is these days for people to listen imagine right and and then how difficult it is to make the other person look good uh, and that one stage that's what improv is all about both those are literally you know i feel they are they, they both have a very difficult space to be in so very improv true. comedy very is very difficult to perform uh, if anyone who wants to do improv comedy i again for me it's all about the learning side i will definitely encourage and you know request that you learn first learn the uh, tenets go to workshops attend workshops from people who have done improv on stage you know um learn and then start performing and then keep failing and then keep rising up because improv is constantly about that you know you have one show where you've done three four five scenes or maybe four scenes and out of the four scenes maybe two you were really solid one you really tanked and one you really sort of you know you, you know you wanted to just hide after the show it happens i mean but uh, for us with improv in bangalore i think um, since we started it when i started the improv in 2013 um in 2012 rather it was the first proper improv show with a team right and at that time kenneth sebastian was there you know sumukhi suresh was there i think anyone from bangalore who's done comedy has done the improv uh, with 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 me and uh, i think it all was a good starting journey for them and it's definitely different from stand up in terms of you know the premise setup punchline and with improv it's about tenets it's about you know your collaborative process and i love improv primarily because it's a co-actor piece right it's about collaborating with another person to make humor um so i i get excited with that and i also um, improv allows me to also uh, um you know learn uh, more uh, experiment more and uh, quite frankly i believe that anyone who has a comedic sense right a touch a touch of comedy in them they tend to be serious people uh they tend to be people who w- w- have problems with things and who have opinions who have views this is what i have uh, i might be wrong but this is what i feel a lot of people that i have interacted with who who are great at comedy or who are great at impersonations or are great at personalities or you know mimicking or what have you and are really funny they also tend to be people who are very uh intuitive they also tend to be people who are very 
uh, intelligent and who read a lot, who observe a lot. Um, so I feel anyone um, doing comedy in itself, as you know, is a very difficult thing, right? And then especially doing improv where you where you don't know what's going to everything is on the spot. It's a it's a big it's a it's very challenging. It's very challenging. And I love and again for me it's a challenge. I love I love the challenge of starting an improv show and you know warming up the audience where I have no idea. Like I've just finished shooting an ad film, for example, and I'm now I'm doing live. That's happened where I shot an entire day where I was shooting and then I came to the location to do a live improv and you've got Danish, you've got Daraya Sunawala, Cyrus and all of us, all sort of heavyweights and you've got 500 people who are just waiting to laugh. And the lucky thing is because we've also created, a, we've also been lucky enough to create a brand out of it. There have been times where I've just said hi or to a person in the audience and they've laughed and I'm like, why are you laughing? I just said hi. So I think they've, they've, they've come to sort of expect that uh, because it's also you guys, uh, you know, uh, there is this baked in uh, character of comedy already coming in. Correct. And then there's a sarcasm. There is, you know, me saying it in a particular way. And I think all those things matter. And I think for me also to build that host persona, it took a while. It took a, it took a good one or two years. And then after that, it was pretty breezy. So now I really, my prep for improv is primarily just rehearsals with my team. But other than that, hmm. uh, my prep as a host is pretty less because I, I just base it out of my interactions with people in the audience and just how they're sitting or the way they're looking at me. And, and I also don't uh, pick on people who are in the first row. I never do that. I pick on people who are in the middle or at the back and that's what and then they when they come for another show they're like okay let's sit in the first row <laughs> mm. generally i mean uh, it's it's already intimidating to uh, sit in the first row or first couple of rows and then uh, you end up being chosen. I think that that sort of adds to the nerves, I guess. No, but it's, again, it's, it's it's all in good humor. At the end of the day, I think it's also not that kind of space, at least before this whole, you know, pre-pandemic. I mean, the kind of shows that we did was also, as you rightly said, right? It was also about people knowing about the Nagaraj universe, the people knowing about the videos. So they already would come. And I, and I, and I say this a lot to a lot of aspiring comedians that, yes, be nervous. It's good to be nervous. But remember, when you're doing a comedy show and if someone's paid a ticket, bought a ticket to come watch a comedy show, they're not coming with an intent to be horrified. They're coming with an intent to laugh. Mm. So they're already 50% there with you. All you got to do is 30% more and the 20% then becomes just public opinion. Interesting. And with all these uh, hats you don Saad, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know how is it that you look at yourself as? Is it more of a performer? Is it more of a director, writer? How do you view yourself as? Director. I mean, I've, I've always been a director, whether it's plays, whether it's everything. And even with improv, right? When I'm doing stage, I'm, I'm literally maneuvering the audience towards improv. I'm directing them while I'm, while I'm getting situations from them. And when, while I'm pairing actors on stage, I'm pretty much directing the show. I do, I'm calling action and I'm calling cut and I'm freezing the actors and throwing things from the audience to them to perform. So it's, I'm directing. And there also I'm constantly directing and, and I'm, and I'm keeping the tone of the show. What is the t the tone of the show? Is the tone of the show extremely crazy? Is the tone of the show like in the middle? Is the tone suddenly there is a scene that has happened where uh, an actor in the in the flow has said something misogynistic? You know, now how do I bring the audience out of that and and turn them towards something else? That's all direction. 
um and um, yeah it, and it's also not you know i know i'm, I'm saying it now and i'm you and you're like are yaar ye to matlab bahut aasan like sound kar raha hai lekin obviously it takes time um you got to work towards it you got to you know constantly you know we've done close to i think 300 350 live shows um in so mm. many years we've done we were the first indian team to go to the sweden international improv festival in 2016 so we've we've pretty much you know done quite a lot in that space as well but when it comes to uh, me directing like i just had a podcast that came out yesterday i've directed i love I think the idea of direction for me has always been about um how am I able to show the audience uh, how am I able to entertain the audience and it can be in any it can be it's again contextual right um the the entertainment of a particular audience when they listen to a podcast is different from when they watch a web series is different from when they watch when they watch a feature film is different from when they watch an improv show um so uh, but the the end result is the same right it's entertainment Hmm and while you're directing people and and I'm sure you come across very senior artists right I think that's that's something that um I'd like to sort of talk about is that how do you manage expectations with senior folks and and they could be anyone not only like actors but artists directors fellow directors uh, fellow technicians who are far far senior than you and this I think would probably tie into a lot of um conversations around how uh, the younger creators who are doing some amazing stuff and when they sort of deal with senior folks in the industry um how should they go about navigating this again i mean i'm a big person not on acronyms but just on words i feel for me the three words that always sort of i keep in my head is uh, humility patience and respect um and this is across the board uh, if if you're able to um align yourself towards these three words when you're working with people um it really helps um you know to quote simon senek um in this is he said right uh, for for the consumers are people the makers and the creators are people um everything about business is people so if you don't understand people then you're not doing the right thing it's about understanding people and the moment you understand the, and the way to understand people is if if i go up to an actor and if i'm directing and if i add um if i'm respectful uh with enough patience and the right amount of genuine humility there is no way that the person is going to uh, not listen to me there's no way whether it's a person who's who's a baby boomer or a gen z uh, or person uh, who's a, you know from a, from the from the gen z they're still going to listen to me so i always have that approach so i if i if i'm directing a 19 year old i'm going to be respectful i'm going to be humble if i'm directing a, a 60 year old or a 50 year old i'm going to be i'm going to do the same thing uh, and this again brings me back to a beautiful thing that i learned from mr ashutosh gwarikar when i was assisting him um i remember the way he treated the spot boys on set and i found that extremely endearing he knew each of their names he uh, whenever they would come and stand behind him when his uh, coffee cup was empty um he would not give it to them but just walk a little bit and put it in a dustbin himself uh, those things really really at an early age um, other than film school uh, reflected a lot about what i did later about just respecting everyone equally on a film set uh on uh, anything that you're doing and i think that for me um then make people who are actors also see all of that so i i put i i i i align myself towards making it making making it very understandable that this is a people process anything that we do is a is a is a process where people have to be treated with a lot of patience and respect and the moment you show that they automatically going to then listen to you on your creative ideas they if some if someone does block in the beginning but then you are persistent in the way you're behaving and when or you are consistent with the way you're behaving they will align towards what you want and i always do that whenever there is an actor who is um, restless uh, who is impatient 
uh, then I don't push. I stay. Like I let them do what they want in their takes, and then they get exhausted because how much, how much, even being restless makes you exhausted, right? So after they're exhausted, then mm-hmm. I go up to them, and that, that takes a lot of patience. And I wasn't, I wasn't as patient four five years ago. But you evolve, you learn, and uh, I have, and I'm lucky, and I'm thankful that I've had all those experiences. So then I use that, and then I go and tell them, hey, now can we try and try and do it like this? And then when they do it, and then I use that in the edit. Um, and um, <laughs> for the most part, it has worked. Uh, and some, and it doesn't work. That's also a challenge. So, and if and if it does happen in the future where I do work with someone who is going to be tough, um, then uh, again, th- there are decisions that you can take. And I have taken decisions in the past because you told me, right, to be candid. I have taken decisions in the past where I was trying to direct this actor from Bombay. I'm obviously not going to name this person, but he mm-hmm. uh, just didn't listen to me because he was like, "I've done this, I've done that. Who are you to tell me and all that?" And I. I um, tried for about half an hour, 45 minutes. I, um, f- because that person was there and I needed him for about eight, nine days of shoot. And on the first day itself, he, he was doing this and um, it was very easy. I just replaced him at the end of the day. Mm. And um, the moment um, I spoke to my producer and I said, this is a problem. They also um, understood. And I, they asked me, I said, will you be able to get the performance and uh, in the next seven days of shoot? I said, no, I won't. Because the person is just not listening. And then, and right at the back of that decision, that person again changed and said, no, 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 I'll do it. But then I knew that I didn't I didn't want that person back again, not because they've done this, but I, I have this analogy, especially when it comes to processes where things are very tight in terms of budget, that you might be a wonderful driver. One accident defines who you are. Sometimes second chances become a liability. And that's a, I think that's a, that's a rule for business, at least in my head. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think um, there is this uh, one of the artists, uh, voice artists, in fact, had told me and uh, probably it was more in the context of the voicing space. But uh, she mentioned that, you know, let's say there are two artists that you have. One is a nine on 10 and one is a eight on 10. Uh, people would rather choose someone who's an eight on 10 because he or she is really good to work with, easy going to work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with uh with this person too because I have had and I know that you know this this entire anecdote that I shared, shared with uh, shared with you about this actor eventually that replacing that actor was the best decision that that I took that particular week you know it, it did and uh, a lot of these decisions also come with experience I feel and and then um, um, you know to back what your uh, what this person told you is that when you work with someone who's again hum- humble respectful and patient automatically the synergy is something else hmm. Hmm. interesting Sat. so what are you working on now what's what's the goal what's the north star <laughs> wow the north star man that's like a really really <laughs> wide angled question but uh, hmm. right now i am uh, directing a romantic comedy in telugu uh, i'm doing a movie called sangeet um, I have um, uh, the, the script is ready and I'm I'm going to be casting and I'm going to be starting the pre-production for it. Um, hope to go on the floor sometime next month and I'm excited because I've been wanting to do a romantic comedy for the longest time and uh, this is uh, and I'm doing a romantic comedy after uh, wow 13 years. The last romantic comedy that I did was on stage with the play mm. that I mentioned earlier called Let's Talk About Love. Right, right. Love it. Love it. Sadh, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you and thank you so much for sharing all these um, various nuanced views with me. 
Hardik, it has been an absolute pleasure and thank you so much. I think your questions were were really insightful and I think it also made me think about my journey in a in a sort of a lighter way and at the same time it also made me reminisce quite a bit. So thank you so much for this opportunity and uh, you know I I'm going to keep listening to uh, Jamsters and keep listening to all the wonderful stuff that you're doing. Thank you very much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode of Jamsters, please make sure you subscribe to Eplog Media and all major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Jio Seven, Gana, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, among many others, for upcoming episodes. You know, I love listening from each one of you, so please make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family and your colleagues, and please make sure to drop a comment on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there, and also if you're listening on Eplog Media, they've recently launched a feature where you can comment. on the particular episode too your support is my fuel you can connect with me on instagram @hardikdivedya or on linkedin too catch you on the other episode